portable. You have a phone. If you got a phone, man. It's the same thing. Stop. A the, phone is a computer. It's the you, same thing. The reason people are always oh. on their phones is not a phone. Oh, it's a computer. It's I'm taking technology advice from you, too. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> what is this tweeter thing? <laughs> GJ and Max, followed by Greeny. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Katengel. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Down by at least two touchdowns, at least in the world of spreads, by Vegas. Tulane took a trip up to Kansas State. We'll talk about that big win here in a quick sec. Marlon Fayright joining us at 2.15 to talk about LSU's big win. More of your phone calls coming up at the bottom of the hour. The Saints had a very disappointing game yesterday. They lose 20 to 10. But yes, down, uh, well, not down, but 14 point or more, two touchdown favorites were the Kansas State Wildcats. And Tulane, uh, made that not only a game, but then took the lead late. Two tight ends right. Now, James in motion left to right. Second and goal from the four. Throwing right. Finds James. Falling in. Touchdown, Tulane! Wow. With 427 to play, Tulane's got the lead in Manhattan. And then uh Onions on their side of the field. I believe the Tulane 24. Brett in the gun with Spears in the backfield. Tight ends either side. Pratt goes under center. Motion man Wyatt. Pratt trying to fight his way up the middle. He's got the first down. Oh, my goodness. What a gamble. Jim Swoboda. Ice water in his veins. What a call by Willie Fritz. That was fourth and one. You heard Steve there, part of the call with Corey Glore from Learfield. Sir, congratulations. Good afternoon, Hall of Famer Steve Berrios. What was that like on Saturday in Manhattan, Kansas? Yeah, it was pretty wild, Gus. I tell you, it was, it was a great game for Tulane. And when it came down to that fourth, fourth down try by Tulane, I, you know, I was kind of second-guessing what was going on because the Tulane defense have been playing so well, but, you know, Coach Fritz, he's a big believer in analytics. Analytics told him to go forward, and they did, and they put the game away. So, turned out to be a great call, and Michael Pratt and company did a great job. I spoke with Corey back on Thursday. We went over a couple of the things that K-State likes to do, the competition perhaps through the first two games for Tulane. There was a lot of unknown, right, going into this game on Saturday. Some dude named Deuce Vaughn's pretty good. And I'd like to say, Steve, watching pretty much two-thirds of that game, I the, the Tulane defense not only controlled him but played outstanding football. They really did, Gus. You know, this, this guy, Deuce Vaughn, as you mentioned, he had come in, into this game against Tulane having rushed for over 100 yards in eight consecutive games. And Tulane held him, I think, to 81 yards. Wow. Uh, it was uh, designed to go ahead and shut him down. They they went with a third backer to make sure they had all the gaps plugged, and it just really worked, worked to perfection. When you look at the Tulane defense, who would you say kind of leads the way? I, I mean, just based off of the play and the honor given this week, uh, I would say a linebacker who was named the A- 
uh, AC's defensive player of the week might lead the way, huh? Yeah, yeah. Anderson is, is, you know, he's just fantastic. You know, he came up with two great, well, he had great plays in the game, but it was a fourth and one twice. They went for it on fourth and one, and Nick Anderson stuffed the play both times. So great defensive effort by him. He's such a, He's such a class young man, you know, not, not only is he a great football player, but he's just a great individual, a great team captain, and I was really proud and happy for him. Yeah, those huge fourth down stop, six tackles, tied for the league lead. There is that aspect of it. When we talked with Coach Fritz leading into the season, I asked him, hey, what are some of the things you're concerned about that you won't find out until game prep, Steve, right? I mean, a lot of times you can have an idea of your team in spring ball and fall practice, but... Until you have live reps, you don't know. And he, he was concerned by having to play some young guys in the secondary. And I was still a part of the broadcast with you guys when, you know, safety play and quarterback play kind of wasn't where it had been, where a couple of teams had drafted some two-lane secondary players. What would you say through three games has surprised you about the play on that part of the field? I think what surprised me is that there's really been very little drop-off, okay, when the second team guys, quote unquote, have to come in. We, we saw that Saturday, you know, when these guys had to fill in and rotate, and there really wasn't much of a drop off at all. In fact, some of these guys were, were making plays, filling the gaps, and making open field tackles. So to me, that's the biggest surprise in a good way is that there's been little drop off in that secondary. And I bring that up, Steve, because Barrett Sale, uh, Saley earlier today tweeted a two lane in Iowa are the only two teams in the country that have not given up a play of 30 or more yards. It's kind of remarkable in today's game of, of college you know, football. Yeah, it really is. And, and when you look at Tulane's defense, they've not had 10 points or more scored on them in their first three games. So uh, Chris Hampton and his defensive staff, have, they're just doing a fantastic job. It's such a, such a turnaround. You know, we could see it start to turn in the last four or five games of the 2021 season because the first the first seven were were not not pretty at all and and this has kind of been a perpetuation of what started back in those last four or five games of 2021 speaking with steve barrios color analyst of the Tulane green wave i i think one of the things that stood out to me watching that game too i i i, you, I made the mistake steve i did i made the mistake of texting todd at some point in the game <laughs> about about it, the chance was there and he's like stop it you know i know i should know better than to text him during a game but you know you look at the numbers 13 to 26 for michael pratt 176 a td two interceptions and you maybe go he didn't have that good a game but when it counted see his toughness some of the runs his legs and then being able to make some key throws in that fourth quarter I, I, again, I think this guy is a special quarterback. No doubt about it. He certainly is. And, you know, when we talked with Coach Fritz on Tuesday prior to the game, he said that Michael was going to have to run the football, and they put in some design plays hmm. for him to specifically run. And on that touchdown drive, he made a couple of great runs, you know, got a great block on one of them by uh, Tajay Spears on the outside. And then, of course, he makes the almost perfect throw to Tyreek James uh, for the touchdown. So Michael Pratt did come up big. And look, Gus, he didn't have his best game. As you said, he threw he threw two picks that definitely should not have been thrown. Okay, the guys were, were covered. 
but he bounced back. He didn't let him affect him. And that was one of my keys to the game was how well was Tulane going to adjust to adversity on the road, and mm-hmm. they did a good job. Look, you heard Coach Fritz say after the game the importance of a win like that. I mean, Steve, unfortunately, in the 13 to 15 years that I was with you guys, right, I mean, a lot of times when you would win something or you were close to a big win on the road against the Power 5 school, we'd have to flip right the game book a little bit or the media got to get to when the last time things happened 98 last time you're 3 and 0 2010 last win against Rutgers against a power 5 school all that does though right brings a little more spotlight gets you the attention i got southern miss used to be a, a rival and a foe going to be a little closer now being in the sun belt but the the, the 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 ability to be able to have at least 3 if not even 4 wins steve when you need six to go bowling before you start conference play, it's big for Tulane, right? It, it certainly is, Gus. And when you know, when when I looked at the schedule realistically before the season started, I, I was saying that you know if Tulane could be three and one after four, all right, that would be great. But now they got a chance to be four and zero oh after four. You know, you can't take anybody lightly the way. The way uh, things have been going in college football, these upsets, these last-minute plays and Hail Marys. So you can't take anything for granted, but Tulane's got a legitimate chance to be 4-0 after Saturday. When when you look at, obviously, the ability to, to start like this and, and have that, that chance, look, I, I look at the American – Houston hasn't looked like Houston of all. I mean, it's to, to what you just said, though. I, I don't know what you're going to see sometimes in college football so far this season. But, look, I they say it all the time, the ability to be able to go out there and, and win this conference. And, and I'm not trying to get ahead of anything, but just your overall assessment of what the American Athletic Conference football-wise looks like right now. Well, I think it looks, uh, you know, like the usual suspects are, are pretty good. You know, the, the UCF. The SMUs, Cincinnati, uh, Houston, you know, I think Houston's got a few internal problems. You know, they had quite a little dust up on their own sideline in that yeah. Kansas. So, and to me, that's just a, a lack of discipline, which I, I would verify that Houston is a very undisciplined team and <laughs> usually a very bunch of renegades. Okay. Yeah. At, at, at best. So, so two lanes, you know, two lanes can, approach each week the way they've been doing it, not looking ahead, but taking each opponent individually and putting their best game plan together. I think we, we got a legitimate shot to be right up there. Maybe I'm so used to being on that broadcast with you guys, and it just all these schools, there's just history, right? There's always something. If I say a school oh, name, you can exactly. just say something. Houston, you mentioned it, the undisciplined, the late hits, you know what's coming. ECU, man, those Pirates, they're just tough games. South Florida, they almost beat Florida. This week, Memphis right. is going to be Memphis, and then you're at Tulsa, as I like to refer to the House of Horrors. <laughs> you know, that's what it is. I don't think Tulane's played a game against UCF where it's not like thirty something to something in the first half. I just and in SMU, it's like I, I'm looking at the games coming up, and that's why I think it's so key when this one continue the confidence moving forward. And you know, hey, you only have a few more to get into bowling, but I, I know that's not the that's not the goal. No, it's not the goal, but. You know, getting getting that sixth win under the belt is, is always an accomplishment. And and as you said, when you look at some of these guys, I mean, we owe we definitely owe payback to SMU the way they beat us the last couple of years, and certainly we owe Tulsa uh, a little payback. So just take it one game at a time, and, and we're going to get 
one of these or two of these games that nobody thinks we have a shot at like we did last week. Yeah. I have this save forever, by the way. Wow. I'm just going to let you know from here on out. Anytime something big happens for Tulane, I'm just going to play that for you, okay? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and don't worry, I got one for Corey Thursday. And Willie Fritz walks out to midfield to shake the hands of Chris Kleiman. And the Tulane coaches to our left, you just heard them. The clock winding down here in Manhattan. And guess what? Tulane has rolled into Manhattan and grabbed a win over the Big 12. Zeros on the clock. Final score. Tulane 17, Kansas State 10. 3 and 0. How about that, baby? There it is. How about that, baby? <laughs> We've been on a lot of plane rides. We're very quiet. I got to imagine that one on the way home was was not as quiet as it has been. No, it was really nice. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the team laid out a big, uh, hull, uh, you know, a one-two hell of a hullabaloo on the plane, and uh, it was quite a festive experience. So, as you said, Gus, we haven't had a lot of those over the years, but uh, I think this might be the start of something good. I hear you. Well, Steve, I won't bother you this week. Don't bother me. Southern Miss in Tulane. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens this week. But I, I will say this. You you had people honking at me. You, Corey, Batty, did a fantastic job uh, calling that game. I mean, I, I, was, I, I was stuck in the parking lot. I kept texting Corey. I'm like, I can't leave the car. I had to listen while I was uh, trying to get stuff for a sick kid at Walmart in the car. Here at the driveway, I just I could not get out of the car. Y'all were on it on Saturday. Great job by you three. Well, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Mr. Steve Barrios, the Hall of Famer, the Tulane Green Wave. When we come back, we'll talk about what happened up in Baton Rouge, a little bit up the way on I-10. Look, uh, the Tigers were an underdog, and for most of that game, it looked like it. And then the second half happened. We'll talk with Marlon next on ESPN New Orleans. Huddle up, people. It's time for the Caesar Sportsbook Report. First things first, your first bet with Caesar Sportsbook. It's on Caesars up to $1,250. Download the app, use the promo code RADIOFULL, and then place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If not, you'll get your stake back as a free bet. Not sure what to place your first bet on? Week 3 of the NFL season has no shortage of excitement for you. The Saints travel to Carolina for a meeting with the Panthers. The Colts host the Chiefs. And two future Hall of Fame QBs square off as the Packers face the Bucks in Tampa. Sunday night, the 49ers head to Denver for a clash with the Broncos. On Monday night, we have an NFC East showdown between the Giants and the Cowboys. And with Caesars Rewards, every bet you place brings you closer to redeeming the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Tickets, free stays, experiences, and more. Open to new users in Louisiana who are 21 or older. Not available in prohibited parishes. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. If qualifying bet loses, bet amount return. As a credit, must use within 14 days. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Caesars Sportsbook, the only app with Caesars Rewards. Download it. 
Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7-985-632-5592. In cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve, or visit their website at joesseptic at viscom.net. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengau. Takes his time, puts it into the air, high spiraling punt, calling for the fair catch and losing it at the 10 yard line is Williams. LSU has the football at the 9 yard line. Oh boy. Lone receiver to the left. Jenkins, lone receiver to the right. Motion booty left to right. Daniels looks that way. Now up the middle, he'll run. Bounces off a defender into the end zone. Touchdown, Fighting Tigers. And it didn't stop there. That is Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers. We speak to him on Thursdays about LSU. On Monday and Friday, we talk with former national champion Marlon Favre. You're not former. You're still a champ. You still got the ring, sir. So, I mean, you're national champion Marlon Favre. What's up, Big Fave? What's up, baby? Hello, somebody. Talk to me, Goose. Oh. Baby, the Tigers got him a win, huh? <laughs> Listen to you. You you got a got a little enthusiasm today, man. Uh, you do you enjoy this more when you're you know you're the underdog? You're not supposed to win. And Marlin, for the first half, I mean, once again, it's bench everybody. And and I thought Brian Kelly did a pretty good job. And I thought you saw in this game that this team's a little bit better coach and, and give it some time and I don't know I, I I was impressed by that win the tackling the defense because I asked you on Friday who's going to make a play sir there were a handful of them there were a handful of plays that were made um, it, it, everything starts with Jay Ward and ends with Jay Ward his individual effort on, on Saturday really trampled throughout the rest of the team like everybody else was really feeling his energy and, and, I, and I honestly before we got on air, I was talking to Hunt, you know, Hunt's a nervous wreck on days like this. And me and Brandon, we had a conversation, too, earlier that morning, and we felt a bit optimistic just watching the, um, the Arizona game and, and how everything played out in that one. But I think more than anything else, with LSU getting warmed up, that's what I told Hunt, they warmed up. If you switch the Southern game, with the Florida State game, I think you get a different outcome. I think that you have a team that really didn't have all of its pieces in play because you didn't have a chance to go against an opponent, right? So I felt like I don't want to call the Southern game dress rehearsal, but the corrections that needed to be made from the Florida State game were made in, in, in the Southern game. And from there, you know, the rest is history. I think this this. This coaching staff has finally got a feel for each other along with right. Clear. It's interesting you say that. Cody Warsham, who writes for LSUsports.net, 
put this out there earlier this morning that Jay Ward was the SEC's highest graded safety in week three. 11 tackles, nine solo, two assists, a tackle and a half for loss, zero missed tackles, seven stops, five targets, one passing yard allowed, one interception and a PBU. That's having a day, <laughs> Marlon. That gets a hello, somebody. But this, this is what I'm saying, Gus. This is what I like. I'm, let's, let's take a guessing game. Let's do the guessing game. What stat, out of all those stats you listed, what stat did I enjoy the most? Missed tackles? Zero missed tackles? Missed tackles. Poor Gus, we've been doing this show together for too long now. The missed tackles. You know why I say that, too? Because you know I said that a lot last mm-hmm. Yeah, Zero missed tackles, Gus. <laughs> that matters, man. And, and it shows. The, the the one big play that they have when when I think that was the first quarter when it was two missed tackles I mean two two guys missed a tackle and they scored on the toss that got fixed and, and and that's that's one of the things me and Brandon talked about this at halftime little plays like that fall into us being down two scores or some some stuff like that but. This team put their foot on the gas pedal and they didn't take it off. And, and, and just the energy in Tiger Stadium on Saturday was just next to none. I, I know you like this because you like to go inside the trenches and the next two questions will be inside the trenches. B.J. Ojolari, two and a half tackles for loss, two hurries, a sack and a half. He he made an impact. I kept asking you, who's my playmakers? He felt like a playmaker Saturday. He was. He was a playmaker Saturday. He it was It was important for him to get in those throwing lanes. I mean, those big plays, the sack and all of that was good. But he disrupted a lot of passes just getting his hands up. And that's something I talked about in the pregame. Like, we have to get in those throwing lanes. Along with the coverage we ran, we disguised a lot of stuff. So one thing about Mississippi State, they like to get that pre-snap read, and he has a general idea where, he, where he's going to go, and Will Rogers, and, and we got in those windows. So so kudos to Matt House. And, and it was the obvious thing, right? I mean, Mike Leach, Texas Tech, Patrick Mahomes, air raid offense, mm-hmm. Kansas City Chiefs. You, you, you draft this guy in the first round. You bring him in, and what you do with your first round is you run the plays that they run that's good. Matt House saw this offense every day at practice with Kansas City Chiefs. So that went into this game. Let's make no mistake how we're going to stop the air raid. What was the difference in between Coach Pelini two years ago and Coach Madhouse, Coach Madhouse seen this before. He didn't go all-man coverage. And most importantly, the players on the field executed his game plan. So you couldn't ask for nothing better. All right, so let's go on the other side of the football. Starting freshman tackles, Will Campbell, how did he do? And, and again, that's, I mean, I know when you listen to Matt, he's been saying that they're, they're high on these freshmen. That's a lot of onions to, to say, hey, here he goes, SEC play. But he, I mean, I guess he sort of had to, right? And they performed really well. They did an excellent job. Shouts out to Catholic Highs, Emory Jones, and um, I forget what – it wasn't West Monroe or nothing like that, but I know he's a 3-1 day. Shouts out to R. Campbell. Like, those two guys, I call it growing pains, Gus. This is something that, you know, myself, Tyson Jackson, we didn't get this opportunity, and lucky for us, because we had the, the luxury of red shirting and right. getting a year under your belt and then getting some snaps and some non-meaningful games as sophomores or red shirt freshmen. Then we got into the mix. These guys played high school football games last year. So the fact that they went in against the SEC opponent, held it ground, they made some mistakes. Pretty sure the coaches wasn't too harsh on them after a win. 
But it shows, hey, LSU's doing some recruiting here, baby. We got two tackles that we throwed up to this class, and they both started. Mm-hmm. At, let's, let's say this, Gus, the most important positions on the football field yeah. in terms of quarterbacking, like blindside, right? So that, that says a lot. They graded pretty high. And uh, that was historical, Gus, that LSU's never started two left tackles. Excuse me, can't start two left tackles. Well, based based on some of the past protections, people thought that maybe you had two left tackles on, on right, there. But right, right. No, to your point, though, I think that's big because, look, you're only going to get better with more game reps, man. You just it, That's the only way to improve. I want to stay with that position line, but switch it to the NFL. <sighs> Tough, tough Sunday in the dome, sir. Not for your Cowboys, but tough Sunday in the dome for the Saints. Marlon, what do you see? I, I sent you a video that Luke Johnson sent here as well. You see Levante David coming in, get a free shot on one of the six sacks for Jameis Winston. A dude is playing with a broken back and you're not blocking him. And, and you see the right tackle and right guard and they literally, their butts face each other because they go the opposite direction. When I showed you that, what's the first thing that pops in now? I know you don't know the protection, Cole, and I know you don't know exactly what they were supposed to do, but can you deduce what's going on there? You're seeing too many free guys come in, and I, I, I'm i just going to go with a guy that didn't give up a sack in one year in Ryan Ramchek, as opposed to maybe he did it right. I could be wrong, but <laughs> I'm thinking it's Ruiz. I don't know. What, what did you see? Well, it's a few things, Gus. One, this is given... Ramchek, a lot of grace. He may have not known they called max protection in the huddle. He may have heard something different, right? That's the first thing that popped in my head. Because his responsibility is is uh, Levante David, period. Based off the play you sent me, where he was, is his responsibility. Cesar Ruiz's responsibility was Devin White. That was his responsibility. Devin White Last blitz, he dropped into coverage. Cesar Ruiz's responsibility from that mark on is to have inside help based off the alignment of the defense. You had Devin White and you had Levante to the what would be the strong side. Mm-hmm. That was a delayed blitz. Le- uh, Levante David just kind of froze for a second, which made Ryan Ramchek eyes go to the outside. Design, great design by Ty Bowles. Your running back's picking him up, and he flies straight in. So, in film this morning, who who, who got the uh, who got fussed for that play? Ryan Ramchek. And it wasn't that. Oh man, Ramchek is trash. He can't block. No, the kid is one of the better tackles in our league. Man, they just drew it up for, for, for Tampa. They they re- both defenses played exceptionally well yesterday. Because anytime you have a game go right into four quarters and the score is three three. Like, if, if, you, if you didn't watch the Saints game and you saw the score, it didn't reflect the actual game at all. Like, look, legit. Yeah. So, I, I do think for that play you sent me, it was Ryan Ramchek's fault. I know Coach uh, fixed it this morning. And, uh, yeah, it was – can't have that happen, Gus, especially with a quarterback that's dealing with back issues. I think one of the other things, too, that I thought going into the season, Marlon, it was going to be beneficial for the Saints is playing – Conference opponents, right, per se, as you would use it in college. Division opponents in the NFL. But 
I almost feel like what I've seen is that the Falcons and Bucks have been ready for the Saints. Maybe it's because of the where they are, the extra attention perhaps Tampa's paid to New Orleans because they haven't beaten them going into that game six of their last seven. Atlanta had all summer to kind of get ready. I, I just feel like I don't want to overreact just yet and say that you know this is going to be a bad season. They can't block. The quarterback stinks. The offense is terrible. Because I, I, I look at division opponents in division games, and, and they tend to be closer than not, right? I mean, so I, I guess drawing on experience as a player, when you look at these two games, is that kind of what you take? Because the, the one thing that I will ask you on this as well, I feel like the Saints haven't matched the intensity, though, that Atlanta and Tampa played with. No, not, the offensive line has. Offensively, they hadn't matched that tempo. Um, this is this is an offense we're used to seeing score 40 points or better in the New Orleans Saints, and we're struggling um, to, to, to withhold the 20. Uh, didn't score a touchdown last game. Well, excuse me, scored a little later. So, you know, I, I say that to say this, Gus. Um, whenever you play against a divisional opponent, I don't care how bad the opponent is, they always play up for that game because it's, it's a divisional opponent. And it's a target on New Orleans. Why? Because we're at two, right? It's a team that's right around Tampa. I think they can pull it all. You know, Tampa hadn't won against us since, what, 2018? All of that goes into it. I mean, these players listen, too. Like, I know Cam went on NFL Network. I said, why do they feel that way? We beat them such and such. Yeah, that was then. This is now. So, you know, they those players heard that. They saw that interview, and they're like, okay, licking their chops, thinking of the next game. It, it's still a, it's still a it's, it's still an ego-driven sport, right? Everybody wants to hold the trophy up at the end of the day. So they got paid guys just like we got paid guys. They put on one pants leg, put one leg in the pants leg at a time, everybody else do the same thing. So mm. that's kind of the approach as well, Gus, when you look at it from that perspective. And we have a target. Look at the schedule. The, uh, nobody else but us played three divisional opponents in a row. Three. So that, that's a tough way to start off. If you come out of that two and one, right? I mean, I think you're cooking with high grease going into the season. Ooh, I like that. That means something tastes good. <laughs> that, was- that means something tastes good. Anything fried is good. Marlon Fave right inside the trenches. The podcast at Big Fave five hundred four is the way to follow him on Twitter. We'll speak to you on Friday, sir. Up the Tigers' next opponent, New Mexico State. And uh, some keys and things to look into there before they get back into SEC play. Thank you, as always. Have a great week, sir. You, too. I made the same mistake, Gus. We're playing New Mexico. Yeah, New Mexico. That's what I said. What did I, I say? All right, buddy. Take care. There he goes. Um, when we come back, phone lines are open. We'll play some sound from the locker room here as well. Want to hear from you Saints fans. Game ball, pats on the back. Who needs to have a seat next to coach? I'll go over a couple little responses. I haven't done that just yet. Andrew, um, Jay Boyce just came something with it. Scout without clout has some something to say. Andrew, Eric, double OZ. We'll do all of that and more next on ESPN New Orleans.
When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. Feels like home. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses. Call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. At Thibodeau Regional Health System, we're elevating cancer services to unprecedented heights with the construction and opening of our new Cancer Institute, 80,000 square feet of the region's best cancer care, and a new home for more cancer doctors to fight more types of cancer. The latest technology, expanded research, and integrated wellness services. You deserve the best cancer care, so we built it. Because at Thibodeau Regional, we take our role as the leader in fighting cancer seriously. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. As Michael Irvin said, you don't know anything about the Dallas Cowboys. They ain't going to go undefeated like the Miami Dolphins if they cut back the pillars. Now look, look, NFL <laughs> football. You got to know about the National Football <laughs> League. We got a team in Jerry's world. GJ and Max, followed by Greeny. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Got a hot take? Everybody listen up. Let's hear it. Call us at 800-998-1003. Answer that phone. Or tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Now, back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengill. 800-998-1003. That is the upper cervical family chiropractic phone line. Don't forget, NFL action in full swing. Two Monday night football games tonight here, by the way, as well. Uh Let's see. Have you downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app yet? Hopefully you have, huh? If not, you're a new customer. Bet $5, any NFL team to win, get $200 in free bets if they do. Also, we're going to step up the same game parlays over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So this is what you're going to do. Every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. So... They keep asking you, why bet football anywhere else? It's simple, right? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. When you go to the app, upper right-hand corner, switch on over a little doggle there. It'll say parlays and all of the different things that can pop up to it. Will, you can kind of get an idea on that here as well. So you definitely want to check that out. There's also another little thing that you can do. By just putting in the promo code LaRose when you sign up, you get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. Use the promo code LaRose. And away you go. Simple as that, right? So, again, download the promo code LaRose, L-A-R-O-S-E, only at DraftKings, and away you will go and you will have a chance to maybe make a little bigger payouts with those same game parlays. They're always fun. 
Always fun when that happens here as well. 800-998-1003, the upper cervical family chiropractic hotline. Want to hear from you Saints fans. Some of the responses that we've gotten in terms of just thoughts really on. So, Double OZ says, I'm hating on Jameis. I'm not hating on him. Just, you know what? He didn't play well. I mean, you got to be able to say he didn't play well. Uh, and it, and it stinks, right? That, um, it didn't happen. So, I think the thing that really stinks about it is it's the worst case scenario with all those interceptions. Now, the injury is something that Dennis Allen spoke about after the game yesterday and whether or not he should have played or not. He's got a back issue that he's dealing with. Nah, I'm not going to go into any of that. Are you concerned about playing going forward? Um, no, look, we'll see We'll see where he's at tomorrow when we come in and, and, and go through the rehab and meet with the trainers and kind of take it as it, as it goes. But, um, look, I feel like he felt, he and I both felt like he was, you know, in a good position to go in the game and, and – uh, you know, certainly we didn't do enough, you know, offensively to to help ourselves, and, and and we've got to improve in that area. Yeah. And look, again, yesterday when he was asked about his back, he was very brief. Feel like my back. There it is. Feels like his back on the interceptions. Uh, what's what's the most important thing is like our team fought our tail off. Uh, defense played a great game. Uh, so. I think one of the things that you do look at that game is how the defense did play and all the different things that they, they did and didn't do per a lot of listeners. Wanting to see more blitzes. Dennis Allen. Yeah, look, I think that, I think the defense battled. Um, you know, I, I thought we did a pretty good job of, of, uh, stopping the run. Uh, I didn't think early on we were as good as we needed to be on third down. Uh, but yet I felt like that got a little bit better as the game went on. Um, so yeah, look, I think the I think the defense battled, um, but certainly, um, you know, we didn't do enough to win the game. I think one of the things that I, I brought up too, especially that interception to Alave, double coverage, felt like you were trying to make a big play there. I kept referring to Deuce McAllister on the Saints Radio Network. He kept referring to you got you're gonna have to push it, got to do that. I, I felt Tampa was kind of sitting on the slant, sitting on a lot of those crossing routes. That interception to Landry. I mean, the safety's standing there. He, he wasn't, he, that, that was his spot. He literally went there, waited, and then went for the route. So that's what kind of gets me to believe that they kind of knew what the Saints were trying to do and had a plan to it. Now you can say, hey, look, the quarterback's got to understand that, go the other way, do all those different things. I'm just telling you what Tampa, I thought, was sort of was doing. Here's uh, Winston on that interception to Lave. I missed him, man. I just got, I got to hit it. I gotta hit it. When you have opportunities like that, you gotta, you gotta hit them. Uh, especially in this league, this game is a game of inches. Uh, Chris did a great job of creating separation and getting open. Uh, but, but I, I get better and I, and I hit them. We, those are gonna be touchdowns real soon. He brought that up a lot about just missed opportunities. Uh, I, I think it just starts with me. You know, uh, we, we gotta just get completions early. Uh, it was some opportunities out there that would that, that would have really set this game apart. You know, some big plays down the field to Chris uh, that that we fell short on, and uh, I think that's just it, man. We gonna keep him the keep him the drawing boards, uh, keep on building the, the chemistry of this offense, man. We got great playmakers. Uh, we just have to uh, execute. Both he and Da were asked after the game too, as well. Did Tampa, did Tampa do anything differently that they didn't expect? I didn't really see that a whole lot. 
um, you know, I, I think they kind of did the things that 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 they do, um, and so I didn't see I didn't see a big difference schematically. About from Jameis' standpoint, no, no, no. We we we, we were prepared. Uh, it's just on me, you know. I got to take what the defense giving me, and, uh, and 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 keep the ball, like keep the ball in our possession. Because when we keep the ball in our possession, a lot of good things can happen. Yeah. On uh, the struggles, though, on that offense in Winston, here's the A. I didn't really see that necessarily. Um, again, that's probably a question for him, you know, a little bit more. Look, that's a good defense that we played. Um, you know, they, they, they do a pretty good job in terms of, um, you know, their, their, their rush and coverage and some of their pressure packages and things. And so, um, you know, we'll get back and look at the tape and see where we can in, improve. Um, you know, there's a couple throws that I think he missed that, that typically he wouldn't, you know, so, um, but, you know, we'll have to evaluate the tape and see. Yeah, I agree. And he's going to speak with local media at three o'clock. So we'll have that tomorrow and an open locker room. But, but that's what I was saying. Look, I, again, it's, it was the worst case scenario because of course, screaming A's out there. I told you, I told you that's the Winston I know. He literally said that this morning at nine o'clock. I mean, I, you knew it was coming. They could not wait for it. And I'm not, Dissolving him. I mean, he threw a pick six and two interceptions in a matter of the, the time it takes to make a snowball. I mean, it, and then it snowballed. I mean, it is what it is. You have to play better. He didn't look good. I'm just saying, I wonder how much his back limited that. And, and, and look, it's something 4K and I were talking about this yesterday. And if that's the case, then shame on him and shame on, um, on Dennis Allen. But he was also the first one to say, and, and Marlon and I would text him. He's like, players are going to want to play. Players are going to want to play. And you saw he made some of those throws on, you know, in time. But I, look, man, he got sacked six times. There were nine quarterback hits. Th- those are the ones that are counted, you know, scramble a few times. And there were other times he didn't scramble. You wonder how much of that was, he could run, you know? Uh, I mean, I think we're just two good football teams. Um, and the, the big thing is, is early in the season, uh, I, I hate to drop a division uh, game like that. Uh, we just got to bounce back. Defense played a heck of a game. They did phenomenal. Uh, and, and, you know, we had some good things uh, on offense too. Uh, but, but you know, my focus is on eliminating the negatives and building on the positives because there's some positives there. Yep. Dennis Allen was asked about some of those positives on the offense. It's kind side. of unfair to come off the field and have a, you know, a true evaluation of, you know, what we did well or what we didn't do well. I thought we actually ran the ball fairly decently against a pretty good run defense. Um, I don't think we got as much going in the passing game as, as what we would have liked to have gotten going. And so uh, we'll go back to work, see what we can do better, and try to improve. There were just so many mistakes. I get I just disappointing, disappointing. The 12 men on the field when you're when you're punting. I mean, the, the television is showing Tom Brady putting his helmet on. Like, where is he going? You're, you're punting. Where, where? Oh, when you saw the yellow thing pop up on the screen. Can't happen. Yeah, can't happen. Can't happen. Then you have the Lattimore ejection. Well, look, I, I mean, you know, you see those things happen all the time, and 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 you know what I'd like to see is Marshawn not retaliate. Uh, I believe it was Leonard Fournette. I'm not 100 percent positive, but I believe he was the first one to, you know, kind of push and shove uh, Lattimore, and and so, but but, you know, I've been around this league long enough that usually they don't get the instigator; uh, they usually get the responder. Um, you know, so I think what happened after that um, was a little bit excessive. Uh, so you know, we'll see. You know, we'll see how that goes. 
uh, as far as Jameis Winston's take on you it? You know, I, I don't, I don't think he should have. Uh, at all, you know, but these referees get put in a tough position. Uh, you know, everyone from New York, they have to make that call. Uh, but, you know, I think he bit the bullet. You know, uh, he made a, a huge sacrifice for this team because it was not on him. Uh, but when, when the emotions get to flaring, you know, uh, though they're, they're humans. The referees are humans and they got to make a decision. They are human as we go to break because you know what? They also need to pay their bills because some of those called, ah, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying they, uh, they, uh, I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm saying. Very questionable calls, all I'm saying. We'll go to the phone lines where we come back to close out the show to the Sports Hangover in ESPN New Orleans. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. Balance. You may know what that word means, but can you apply its meaning to your body? You see, it's all about the brain. At Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic, doctors work to locate and remove any nerve interference so your brain can communicate clearly with your body and help you correctly heal quicker. Located in Lakeview and West Harrison, Dr. Josh Roulette and his team at UCFC utilize a number of therapies to make your road to pain relief, recovery, and total body wellness efficient and effective. Go to ucfamilychiropractic.com for more information. Educate yourself on your body and let us get you back to balance. Heather Hendricks here, your candidate for Lafouche Parish Judge Division A. Everyone votes in this race from the Fouchon to the St. John community, up, down, and across the bayou. I've been your prosecutor for eight and a half years, trying over 100 jury and judge trials with federal, state, and local experience. Before practicing law, I was an eighth grade teacher in the public schools for 11 years. So remember, Heather Hendricks for Judge. Early voting begins October 25th, and the election is November 8th. Paid for by the Committee to Elect Heather Hendricks. Can we talk? talk sports? Real sports. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. All right, welcome back. We'll hear from the professor, Nick Harrison, our shots of the day. Jimmy, you're on the on-deck circle Twitter. Dave, we have about four minutes. We break at 54, so... Let's hear it. What you got, Twitter, Dave? Gus, real quick, brother. Uh, I was down in the dumps because of the Saints game, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I took the two and a half with the uh, uh, Patriots. Got uh, as a three-team parlay. Nice. Two and a half. They won seventeen fourteen. Okay. Uh huh. You can hear me. Yeah. And yeah. then I, I, I also took Detroit, and it was a pick 'em. It was a straight up pick 'em. Oh. So I'm, I'm upset. I got because uh, the Saints lose, but I'm watching the third game. Uh, and I'm I'm just upset. Overtime, it's fifty one and a half. I took the over for the three uh, team parlay, uh, and I'm watching this overtime uh, game with, with the uh, Cardinals. Uh, uh, and uh, the the fumble happens, runs back six points, fifty two points on the button, three team parlay. I went from uh, just distraught to over uh, elated juvenile, just just pumped. <laughs> Couldn't believe what happened. Three team parlay in the hole. 
Nice. I'm out, brother. Nice. There it is. I love it. Sounds good, man. There it is. So, um, Twitter Dave, make it, make, make it a little chaos. Thank you, man. Appreciate the time as always. Jimmy in Gretna, you got about two minutes. What you got? Hey, man, real quick. I know yeah. you're excited about this week. You got your alma mater coming to your other favorite team, Tulane, this Saturday. <laughs> Southern Miss and LSU and Tulane's rolling. Just upset Kansas State, so that's going to be interesting. You know, I brought up Nick Mullins, your old quarterback at Southern Miss. Yeah, he's a game manager. He's going to be the next Chase Daniel. He's Chase Daniel two point. He'll be in the NFL as a backup for twelve years, but he's a very steady guy. Why do I bring him up? We saw it yesterday, Gus. Jameis is feast or famine, and I know people joke about these game managing quarterbacks. Look at even at LSU football; they won championships with guys like Matt Mock and Flynn. And those guys weren't NFL prospects, per se, or anything special at the next level. But they managed the game. They didn't turn it over. They let the defense do their job. Guess what? The Saints have a great defense. And I know a lot of people are I'm, – I'm calling in defense of the Saints defense. They're on the field too much, Gus. In two games, Jameis Winston's had one good quarter. And it was a great quarter, okay? No, no, no denying that. Um, Atlanta went into a prevent, which was a big mistake in that final quarter. They lost the lead and they lost the game. When they stopped Blitz and Winston, and he was in a shotgun formation, and that's where Winston thrives when he does thrive. The thing about Winston, again, it's feast or famine with him, Gus. When he's confident, he's confident. And he definitely has the weapons around him. We have the best wide receiver core on paper I've ever seen with the Saints. I don't ever remember seeing guys like Jarvis Landry, who's at his peak still, Michael Thomas at his peak. Now we got this Olave kid. We have a great wide receiver core. Our offensive line, to me, is not a bunch of uh, undrafted guys. It's a lot of first-round talent. So, again, it's feast or famine with this guy. He's had he's taken 10 sacks in two games. Now, people say that's the offensive line's fault. I think defenses do not respect Winston, and they blitz him almost every play. Right. They put nine in the box, no, and they're look, begging he's... for him to throw those passes, which he did. Jimmy, so again, it's going to happen yeah, go continuously ahead. until he he proves it. And you know the confidence thing was something I touched on earlier. Yesterday was the first day I saw the the feet, the footwork, the instability on the throw, all those different things that you hadn't seen in a while. I gotta go. I only have literally about thirty seconds. Thank you for the phone call. Always appreciate it, um, Mr. Professor. I'm going to start off shot of the day with uh, up there in New York and the pitch deep to left. There it goes. He's run away from Ruth. Home run number 59 for 59 Aaron Judge. home runs for Aaron Judge. That was the call yesterday in Milwaukee. Uh, he's got, what, I think 12 games left or something like that. A lot of people think he may do it against the Red Sox, the, the hated rival, um, going into that. Dude, I, again, I told you, it's just fun to watch. He hit two yesterday, 58 and 59. Who's your shot of the day? Teams that actually play in New York State. Buffalo Bills play tonight, Monday Night Football. My shot of the day is a bottle of bat blue for the Bills backers in New Orleans that'll be watching the game tonight. Follow Hot with Blue Cheese on Instagram. They my people. I love y'all. I got the shirt on right now. Go Bills. Let's go. <laughs> the Hot with Blue Cheese. I'm not a Blue Cheese fan though, man. I love wings. I love everything. I'm just, I've never been a Blue Cheese fan. You like Blue Cheese? 
Uh, that's all I eat my wings with, man. Okay. If you don't have blue cheese, you don't have me as a customer. Oh, no. Wow, there he goes. Well, the professor will be enjoying, remember, two Monday night football games tonight. One starting at, what, 6.15, and then the other starting at 7.30. ESPN's the first game, 7.30, is Vikings and Eagles, Titans and Bills at 6.15. Thank you, Professor. We'll see you tomorrow. See you, buddy. All right, and that will do it for the show. Thank you for tuning us in. Thank you for all of the responses, and, buddy, thank you. Matt Moscone, after further review, he will go over that Tigers win against the Bulldogs next on ESPN New Orleans. (laughs) 